Hey everybody, welcome back to the 423 Soccer Podcast. This is Jim, a.k.a. Chad Gooner. Hey, and this is Todd, the great footballer. And tonight we have a very special guest on to talk a little bit about the 2020 year in, in review. Uh, we have Jeremy Allenbaugh, the managing director for Chattanooga Football Club. Jeremy, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, guys. Doing pretty well. So, Jeremy, we've just wrapped up recently the 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 fall 2020 NISA schedule, and with the with a very successful uh, tournament, I believe. I believe, according to everybody I've talked to, uh, there at least was a final. And now, now that we've heard that some leagues aren't having some, a some final leagues aren't having finals, we may talk to you about that uh, later on. Um, we wanted to go backwards a little bit and talk. The first time you were on the pod, we talked a little. Bit, we talked a little bit to you about, um, about kind of the the objectives for the club. So you know, Todd asked you. Todd kind of asked you what what some of the the main objectives were, um, and you had talked about you know really financial stability. And uh, stating that you felt like we wanted to create a team that you felt the city and supporters could support. So as we coming to the end of the year, and I, I, I don't I don't remember what uh, CFC's fiscal year is. So um, I, when, I, when we're coming up to the end of the calendar year, kind of how do you feel where we are, where the club is uh, along those kind of two objectives? I think the club; uh, those were pre-pandemic uh, statements, I believe, by me. And it would still be very appropriate, you know, right now. Um, you know, from a financial standpoint, it's been a challenge. It's been a difficult year for every entertain, everyone in the entertainment, sports, tourism, business, as well as small businesses in general. And we're a little bit of all those things, right? So it's 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 been hard, but I think we made some very good initial strategic decisions, and that were focused on longevity as well as maintaining the culture of what this club has been built on, you know, going back to 2009. So, you know, financially it's, um, it's doable. We're going to get through 2020. It's not come without its, you know, like I said before, it's challenges and it's difficult decisions, but this club is going to be around heading into 2021. And there's probably a, you know, a few clubs that, lower level professional sports that, that aren't going to be and because of the pandemic, but we're, we found a way to get through it. It's, um, you know, it, it's been a challenge, like I said, but we're, we're going to, we're going to move ahead and, and move on. And we've learned some really good lessons. And I think we've made some very good improvements uh, from, you know, again, I wasn't here in 2019, but I think we have made some improvements since then. And we did it under some very unique circumstances. So overall, very good. I think, you know, the second statement about a, a group of players that this community would get behind, I think that's a that's an A plus. And I, I said it to the team and and the board and the front office at one of our final dinners together that, you know, I don't think any group of players in the history of this club have been through uh, what these guys have been, you know, in terms of the pandemic, uh, the social justice issues, the you know, cancellation, uh, postponement of the game, 24 hours out. These guys have been through a lot, and it's a, a very tight group. 
and you know they have shown uh, on the field i feel with their effort their determination their fight as well as their football that it's a good group and i, and I think we saw that response and we saw it you know with people coming to games we saw it with the broadcast numbers the tournament uh, just how we capture the people's uh, imagination and, and their excitement and i think everybody in chattanooga and everybody that's in the csc family you know supporter owners around the world everybody that has followed these guys should feel very very proud for the product they put on the field but also how they represented themselves during you know a, a very trying uh 2020 but uh, all, all in all really good success and i'm really proud of, of the work that everybody put in we uh talked to you before you uh we kind of ask you, you know, what success looked like. And I believe your response was something to the effect of just uh, existing uh, by the end of the season. And that was pre-pandemic, uh, which kind of looks prophetic at this point. Uh, looking back at that, like how, how would you define success? You, felt, you feel like it's a successful season, obviously, but how, how do you define that now? Um, I mean, I think we, you know, we found ways to, to evolve. You know, if you look at some of the things, let's just talk about corporate partnerships, for example, right? Um, and I hope this is a question that you're asking is how do you define a success? Um, you know, we had to adjust. You know, we, like most lower-level professional sports, whether it's the lookout or lookouts or the, you know, the hockey team up in Knoxville, we're a heavy game day oriented uh, business and organization. And not just from a financial standpoint, but from a culture standpoint. People love coming to CFC games and I'm glad I finally got to see that although in a different way in September and October I was really just impressed and it just um, just made me realize how important those matches are and so for our corporate partners it's important obviously that there's butts in the seats and that people show up at Finley and that's a fun entertaining you know atmosphere and we couldn't provide that for a ton of, of, of months here in 2020 so we had to shift. We had to you know, move assets around. We had to give value to our corporate partners in different ways, and our team did a great job of that. On the ticket side, we had to tell people, hey, we know you're usually able to come to Finley and sit wherever you want. And you know, We had to go to a reserve seating thing, and we had to say, hey, those fancy annual passes that we mailed you in the mail, those aren't no longer good. You're going to have to scan in on your phone, and for some people, that's a technology challenge right and we were able to shift and adjust so uh, again i just think success to me showed that this club is adaptable we found different revenue sources you know we were able to find different ways to help our community you know, usually our cause of the night that we have at halftime the club is able to help out those groups and, and do different things in our community and we weren't able to so we came up with the match day posters and, and the success of those wasn't as great as, as maybe we had hoped but we still sold enough of them uh, that we're going to be able to help out some of our community partners. And we made some new community partners uh, through that, that series there. And we had the tailgate package and we sold the, you know, beer and beats package. So we found different ways to pursue our mission in the community, uh, different ways to help our community partners and our corporate partners and different ways to bring in revenue. So for me, success is that we adapted quickly. Uh, we, we found ways to keep things going. And then our players found ways to engage and interact there were no autographs post game, right? There were no, uh, you know, camps were held, but they were smaller numbers because a lot of people didn't feel comfortable doing those. But you know, we found different ways to allow our players to engage. So uh, again.
again, really successful. But again, I, I view the success as that we will be around in 2021. And the reason that we are is because we found ways to adapt here in 2020. And I'm really proud of uh, the work that everybody you know, on and off the field did. I was really impressed with the game day poster. I picked up the one uh, versus Metro Louisville, and I, I just loved uh, the, uh, I mean, just the, the artist in that, just the way he depicted the CFC uh, with, yeah, I'm sitting here looking at Jim got one too, uh, but just uh, yeah. the, the, pump, the pumpkin uh, head is, is quite frightening actually. Probably small children shouldn't hang that on their wall, but it was really good. So uh, how many artists, do you know how many artists we collaborated with in that entire series? Well, we had one for the Michigan Stars game back in March, which seems, you know, a long time ago. So we had one for that one. We utilized uh, the same one for the Richard Dixon and, and Juan Hernandez uh, posters, a different one for uh, – so that's one, two. We had the Nisa Tournament one, which is – I love the Louisville one, but the Tournament one is my favorite because it kind of encompasses the whole season. So that's three. Uh, another one, four. So probably five total. Very cool. Uh, and again, that's another you know another way that we were able to you know look uh, entertainers, artists, musicians. They've all been been feeling it right during this thing. And granted, it was a small uh, you know a small payment that they were able to get from us. But again, hopefully because of maybe some of the social media play that they got from it, and uh, maybe it was able to help them out a little bit. But on top of that, we're also help out those artists. All were able to choose a local charity or a local group that we could support. Uh, so, you know, small little ways, but, you know, hopefully it helps. I like how Jim was going, as you went through, Jim was inventorying to make sure that he had all of them accounted for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I went into, I'm sure he does. I went, I went into, uh, to buy, I believe the last one. I don't remember which one the, oh no, not, no, it wasn't. Oh it, yeah. I went in to buy one. Cause I, I hadn't, I, I wasn't sure there was going to be one for the Maryland game. I knew that we were doing the the picture of the team, and so I wasn't sure if that was in the merch booth or whatever. And I walked in, and Mary was like, "Don't you have one of everything in here?" I was like, <laughs> "No, ma'am, I don't." But I, you know, okay. yeah. Jim acted offended by the question, but was really inside <laughs> proud. <laughs> um, so so fast forward a little. Well, fast forward a little bit from the first time we talked to uh, the summer and the Independent Cup. So th thoughts on looking back on that, I I'm interested in your thoughts on on just how that went, the, the how the clubs were selected, um, the performances of the team, you know what that meant for CFC, uh, really from a, just from getting back on the pitch standpoint, but also just a, a practical standpoint of, of getting the guys some playing time, and, and really what you see as the future of that competition, considering now we know that NISA has built a number of affiliations with uh, regional uh, leagues across the country. I think the independent cup was, was great and credit to the league for kind of coming up with the idea. And the idea, you know, came from a necessity to bring back some normalcy. And I know that's a phrase that gets used all the time now, and, or at least in 2020, but I do think it was important. It was important for our community, for our club, for our players, uh, and other clubs and, and players to get on the field during that time when things were, we didn't know, right? And it was, we we're starting to feel like maybe we knew how to navigate our way through the thing, but did we really? And, you know, you could, that could be a whole other show you could debate, but that's not, uh, not today's topic. 
but it, it was important. And then here in Chattanooga, you know, getting that first game on TV and for the first time ever, <clears throat> excuse me, on live local TV, I thought was a, an important thing. And uh, it was just, it was a really, it, it started, you know, uh, the necessity to, you know, kind of get some things going again. And, and what it turned into, I think, was a great competition. Uh, you know, how clubs were selected, honestly, just, I remember I got out, uh, you know, online and started looking, okay, who are, who are some clubs around us? Obviously, um, Savannah, we were already going to play, so that was a no-brainer. You know, once we knew that they wanted to play, okay, hey, we, we would, because we nominated and suggested some clubs that we'd like to work with. We wanted to, they had to be of the independent mindset. They had to be clubs that kind of had the same vision and the, and the same values. And they were going to be "quote unquote" easy to work with because you know when you're working a pandemic with smaller staffs and working remotely, the last thing you wanted to do was a herd cat. And so we worked with clubs that we knew. Reached out to Soda City; uh, they were recommended to us by Savannah, a great club with a really exciting future, I believe. Both of those clubs. Um, and then we were going to try to get North Alabama SC from the NTSL. It was their first year. Uh, in the NTSL, they had a WPSL women's team for a couple of seasons, but this was their first venture. Had some great talks with their leadership, and it just didn't it didn't work uh, it didn't work out. And then we didn't think that um, that Georgia was going to have a season. Talked with those guys. Obviously, there's some tradition and history, which I also think helped our region have a little bit more bite to it. With the fact that we had, you know, a little bit of history with them, and I think they scored the first goal. Uh, in that game, or maybe they tied it up. I figured the kid had a bomb. I remember that. So that had a little bit of a storyline to it as well. So it kind of just came together because we felt that, you know, there were a number of clubs that felt we needed to get some, some games and bring back some, you know, some normalcy to our communities. And, and that's how it started. And it turned into a great event. I really am excited about the future of it. Uh, I think that there could be a tendency work to try to grow too big and too fast. I think we have to be very smart and very calculated. Um, eventually, you'd love to see a, a, a national final for that thing, perhaps. I don't know if that can happen in 2021. That's my opinion. I'm not leaking any information, but I think the regional concept was really cool. I would like to see all the regions have the same uh, model. I do think that is important. Uh, we couldn't be done this year, uh, but I do think eventually, whatever it looks like, if you have regions or pods or whatever you want to call them, they have to be similar type competitions and eventually a national platform to, to crown a true champion, just like all the other cups in the world do, um, the other secondary cups in the, in the world do. I mean, obviously the Open Cup is the one here in the States, but if this could be a, a really cool secondary one. I, I think it's got a bright future, but we got to be smart. we got to be calculated. We can't try to make it too much too soon or it could fall on its face. But um, I think it stands for something. I think it fits a good window. It's an opportunity for younger players to get in. I would say that um, the amateur clubs weren't as competitive as maybe they will be in the future, simply because the number of protocols and hoops that they had to go through, amateur clubs just aren't truly prepared for that. You know, the testing, the quarantine, the protocols, it was hard. And look, we, we had great games, but in the future, I think we're going to see more cup sets uh, happen in this competition. It was just harder this year. And college, you know, a lot of college kids didn't go play. And, you know, there were some amateur, really high-quality amateur players that typically will participate in that competition, but maybe couldn't because, you know what, maybe they got 
you know, they had to move because they got laid off with uh, the pandemic or they got furloughed or they couldn't commit to, you know, the different type of travel and stuff. So I think in the future, the level of those clubs will, will only be stronger. And I think we'll see more, you know, cup set type things happen. Uh, and again, that's not a slight in any of those clubs that were in our region. They were all fantastic and deserved to be there. Um, but in the future, I think it's only going to be stronger. Cup set is a uh, trademark term by Jeremy Allenbaugh. So any further <laughs> use of that in this podcast or another must be consented to by Jeremy Allenbaugh. No, that's a great word. I, uh, I, I stole you stole, I stole it? that from somebody. I don't know who it was. Yeah, that's all. Oh, that's not me. No. Okay. No. Right, follow up to that. Did you knowingly or unknowingly realize that we were potentially setting the groundwork or laying the groundwork for future affiliations with some of these leagues, such as uh, Gulf Coast Premier League and others? Yeah, that's been something that you know the NISA leadership has been talking about since you know my first meetings back in December of nineteen up in Chicago. They've you know, talked about it, but honestly. We've had so many other things to focus on, both as a club with CSC and then as a league that I didn't really think that was going to kind of, you know, come out of it. I'm glad it has. I think it's exciting. I think it's great for the game. But for me, it was more about how can we get some of these really – we thought we had a good group of guys and good players, and we wanted them to get on the field and have a chance to compete and do what they do so they could have that normal day-to-day. Uh, that was the focus. It wasn't for me. It wasn't about the other piece, but I think it's kind of, uh, it's been a good secondary outcome, so to speak. Absolutely. Cause I think it gave these clubs a chance to, uh, you know, work with NISA teams and see what that's all about. And, you know, knowing that that's kind of starts to grow a potential relationship and, uh, and you really hope, like I, I know how CFC treated uh, the visitors, and I, I know they, they were well received. And you just hope that the other NISA teams uh, reciprocated that uh, to some of the lower league teams. And because you know the worst, what you don't want is you know some of these lower league teams uh, who we hope to develop an affiliation with, right, is having a negative experience, uh, you know, in some other pod. And and I really hope that uh, teams had the same experience as they did with CFC uh, throughout the uh, the NISA or the uh, Independent Cup. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think from what I've heard, it, it was well received in, in all the different regions where there were NISA teams involved. And I mean, look, the Cosmos and their region, they had some weather issues like we did. And they didn't even finish their games until a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it would have been very easy. It would have been very easy for the Cosmos to be like, you know what? We had a disappointing fall season. We're done. We're not. But they didn't. And they lived up to the commitment. And I think that just, I hope that shows how. Um, the clubs in our league value that competition, and I, and I think it does. So, Jeremy, this may be too inside baseball, and, and or you may not really know uh, about this, but you know that there were some stories about some NPSL teams not being allowed to participate. And you said, you know, the that we tried to find, and I'm sure other other uh, teams tried to find uh, clubs that had the independent mindset, and there were a couple you know, that we'd heard that were told that they couldn't participate by NPSL. There was a, a story, I believe I was protagonist, I think, that had a conversation with uh, Kenny Farrell, and he brought up some some insurance issues between uh, clubs that are participating as NPSL clubs and, and then you know, coming in under a, a NISA competition. And so I guess the I – don't, I don't, you don't need to speak about those specific cases, but um, is that going to be a barrier or – uh, to to creating this cup in the future, or is that something that you feel like could be worked out? John Mata also echoed that same thing in, in some tweets earlier this week. Yeah. I think that um, 
the thing that we need to, in my again, this is my opinion, it's not a Nisa opinion, but I think we need to be careful that this stays true to be in the competition that it is, and that's you know a competition that is for independent, like-minded clubs. Um, and I, you know, I think we need to find ways for if there's that you know men's club and you know Timbuktu wherever that that wants to get involved in it, I think there needs to be an avenue for them. I don't think it can only be, again, my opinion for affiliated leagues. In terms of the MPSL, I mean, Georgia Georgia Revolution is an MPSL club, I believe, correct? Yeah. And and they played, so I I don't I don't I don't know what the issue was for those other clubs. I wasn't involved in those those conversations. Uh, I can tell you this that as part of the entry fee, there was a separate insurance policy that was purchased just like there is for the open cup. So I don't know why that would have. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate that. I know that in the, in Detroit's region, there were two MPSL teams that played as well. I I was intrigued by the answer because MPSL teams seem to be able to play in other regions. And I just, I I didn't know if you, if you had had anything else. Again, like I said, this conversation may be a little, Two inside baseball for for more folks, but or most folks, but I, I just didn't. I was intrigued by the answer, uh, and didn't know if uh, if you had any other information on it. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it, it was just such a, a wonky time in different parts of the country, right? And some places were getting open, some places weren't. Some teams, you know, uh, uh, I mean, we're gonna we were gonna play Crescent City up until a couple weeks out, and. And just got a call from Jonathan. He's like, "Look, man, they just shut down our, our training facility. They train in a you know county park, I believe." And he's like, "They just shut it down, and we got no place to practice." So it was just such a weird time that you know I don't want to get into conspiracy theories of this <laughs> league versus that or right, whatever. Yeah. I just think it was. Well, I guess it this was interview's a weird time over. And <laughs> yeah, so uh, half of your six listeners just tuned out and turned off. So um, I think it's you know I don't. I don't know, but I just hope moving forward it can stay what it was meant to be, and that's a, a quality competition for those clubs that, you know, see the game this way. So, you know, time will tell. And like I said, I think as a league we have to be smart to make sure that we can keep progressing and moving it forward because it was fun, and it can be really, really – a really fun competition. So moving ahead, you know, we, we get our first little piece of, of silverware. I guess it was a platter. I was So we, we – we got that uh, through the independent cup and moved in to the fall season. Um, we're not going to go match by match. And I, I, you know, do we really need to talk about the stars match? I don't, I don't think we do, but I am interested in what you saw as maybe, you know, the reaction from the club and, and the reaction from the team after that kind of moving forward. Uh, a couple of things. I think on the, is I think we do need to talk about that match a little bit because I think it was, I don't want to say it was a wake-up call, but I think it was, and look, CFC has been through, you know, 11, you know, 10, 11 years of, of realizing that you better show up on the match day. And I'm not saying our guys didn't show up. I'm just saying that, you know, when some, when a club has some aspirations or a motivation or whatever it is, they could become very dangerous, you know, uh, opponent. And I think the stars take a lot of crap from a lot of people on social media and whatever. And look, you got to give credit where credit's due. This is a, you know, and, and everybody has a different way of doing it and a different playing style and all that. But um, I think that game served as a little bit of 
oh, okay, these guys, they have their own reasons for, for being a club, but whatever they are, um, they came to play uh, all fall. And whatever the style is and whatever, we have differences of opinion and, um, you know, on different things, but they, they came to play. And, you know, so I think that kind of, you know, shook a few things around a little bit, and that's great. I think that's, look, Leicester City did that a couple of years ago when they won it, right? They rattled some cages and uh, in the Premier League, so it happens. And I think they, they did that on the field. I think what you saw after that game was a team for us that understood. You have to remember, that was our second pro match ever. And I think what it did was we became a little bit more uh, pragmatic we relied a little bit more on athleticism on the field. And because of those things, I think, and a few other things, is we we had a really good fall season. But without that kind of stumble or that that wake-up call or whatever you want to, you know, however you want to classify it, I don't know that we have the, the fall season that we did. And so it rattled some things around. And, you know, that was not a bad thing, in my opinion. And I think it really allowed – you know, for this club to, you know, and, and Peter has, and Bill have been hammering it into the guys and into the supporters and on these podcasts that, look, this is a jump up and this is different. And, you know, pro soccer is a, a result-oriented business. We weren't trying to get guys ready for their college season. We weren't trying to prepare guys for their next step. We were a professional club trying to win. And we ran up against a team that first, that first match that was also there to win. And, you know, I don't think we played the smartest match. We made some silly, I would call, amateur mistakes. And we didn't make those type of mistakes for the most part the rest of the season. So it was a good a good learning uh, moment for us. Yeah, I do find it interesting, you know, there were, you know, that was uh, our first match of the fall. And then, the, you know, the next, then our next match, we go up and, and play Detroit and come up with a really, probably the, one of the more complete performances that we had all year. And, and I, what's, what was interesting was, you know, I thought this in the back of my mind that we were Detroit's first match, and you know, our, we saw how our first match went, and we were Detroit's. In Detroit's second match, you know, they they played a lot better. And I was wondering, you know, there's a an old cliche, I guess, and in, in, in my I pull from my college football fandom that the most progress you make is between game one and game two. Um, is is that what we saw a little bit, or? Or was it just that you know that the the pro game we we needed to, we needed to approach the game just a little differently? Uh, both we needed to approach. I think we needed to approach matches a little bit differently. And again, not from you know nothing wrong with the players or the coaching staff or anything. I think it was just a little bit like, oh, okay, this is this is how this works. And 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 I think the coaches again have been hammering that into the guys, and some of the players have been hammering that into the other players. But some of them just didn't. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Uh, but we quickly adjusted. And then I do think, I agree, you do make improvements from that first game to that second because you can train all you want. You can play all the preseason games you want in a normal year, and you're never ready, fully prepared for that first game. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a, a very good way to look at it. Detroit, I mean, we go on to uh, quite a run there through the rest of the uh, the fall tournament, and, of course, we finished top of the group. Uh, there were a number of uh, Detroit fans that argued that the season didn't count. <laughs> um, I contend that the season counted, and I'm pretty sure if they would have won it, they would have contended the same thing. Uh, and we want to win everything we're, we're involved in. Uh, how do you? How did the players like 
it seemed like they took a lot of pride in in winning and getting the number of points and ended up winning that regular season. Uh, just you could just kind of reflect on that a little bit. Yeah, I I I'd like to say that we captured the number one spot in the East. I don't like to say that we won the regular season because four games is is look it's uh, it's not a it's not a regular season, right? And I don't mean it, nothing about the season has been regular or normal. <laughs> so I think. Um, you know, claiming that was, you know, I personally thought it was a little awkward. Um, I like to prefer, and maybe it's just me and, you know, semantics or whatever the phrase is or the word is to say, we captured the number one spot because we did. We were the number one team going in the tournament from the East with that seed or whatever. So I, I took a lot of pride in that. And I think the players took a lot of pride in, you know, coming out on top because you have to remember it wasn't easy. You had a game postponed. You had back-to-back weekends travel to Detroit and, you know, we're on a sleeper bus as opposed to maybe flying up or a regular charter bus. So things were different. And then, and then you also have to remember two of our biggest, you know, rivals or, you know, whatever you want to say it is, is the, the Cosmos because, you know, look, they've been a monkey on our back. I and mean, Tim Kelly said it, you know, the best, it was a, a great goal to beat a great club finalist, <laughs> you know, and then Detroit, and you know, we went up there and and smacked them around. So it was. I think that's why it had a little bit more feeling to the guys, and a little bit more bite, is because we overcame some some things that maybe we hadn't overcome before. And so I think you do have to take a lot of pride in in that result. Call it what you want. At the end of the day, Detroit is all champion. But at the end of the day, we beat some clubs that we hadn't we hadn't done that in a while or ever. And so I I think, you know, as competitors, you you have to you have to take pride in that. And people can argue on social media what it should be called. Uh, that's fine. That's why we have social media, I guess. Um, but man, we it was it was fun. It, it felt it felt like a like a you know like a regular season you know championship. It, it you know it did even though it was a shorter number of games. Um, but it, it was fun and, and it was well deserved, I think. Well, going back to the Cosmos match, I'll uh, I'll quote my co-host. Uh, Jim, who I think said it best, Clayton F. and Adams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, uh, up until the up until I think the the Oakland game, that had to be my goal of the season. Uh, it didn't. It, it it doesn't match what happened in the in the Oakland match, but that was uh, yeah, that was Clayton. Um, yeah, that, that it was a hell of a strike. So. And yeah, it was as the as the announcers say, was, he wrapped his foot around that one. Yeah, he did. Yep, that was fun. Um, I was outside. I wasn't inside for that one. I was standing down towards that end, and I don't know if it was if it was Brian or Darwin that ran across that just completely opened it up, and he smacked it, and you know, uh, it, it was it was great. I mean, it was just what a feeling. Just the, the stadium. I mean, it was those are the moments why you grind through being a fan and why you grind through working in a club and why you grind through training sessions to get those moments. And that was an awesome one. So you mentioned the postponement of the New Amsterdam match. And, you know, now that time has passed a little bit, I wonder if, if you could reflect a little bit about, about that whole, that whole, well, that whole series of events. Incident is not the right word to use. That whole series of events from, from the, from New Amsterdam postponing, you know, we we issued a statement. We got a little bit of pushback on social media f- from that statement. Then the players kind of 
making it their own, going on YouTube, you yourself sharing uh, some some personal stories, the players sharing some really personal stories. Uh, kind of reflect on that a little bit, and 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 what do you think? What impact do you think that's going to have? Kind of going forward on the club. You know, it was a it, it was interesting. I you know got some text message. Um, you know, late at night to my kitchen table. I think for me, the the disappointment was that we felt as a club and our players, because, you know, I you know, visited with our leadership heading in, into, you know, that day saying, hey, you know, I think it was Thursday. Hey, look, there's, you know, some things occurring and, you know, a few postponements and such. And, and they just felt that they could make a, a stronger message with their message in the stadium. Um, not that they were going to make a, a message by plane, but we had a, a video that was going to cover some of the things that they did in their YouTube, um, you know, Facebook uh, event that we did over on Market Street with, you know, just, um, you know, some of the stories and just, you know, just some of the conversations that, that had occurred. And we were going to do some of that in the stadium, which I think would have been, in my opinion, much more powerful than a stream. Um, but that's my opinion. And so when we didn't get that opportunity, it was, you know, a, a little frustrating, a little difficult because we felt that, you know, nothing, nothing can bring a community and can bring people together like sport during difficult times. And we felt that by giving our players an opportunity to put some messages on the video board, that it would have been, it would have been pretty powerful. Maybe it would have not come across well. So we don't, we don't know. So uh, the only, I guess, frustration I had was just, um, you know, we had this late night phone call on Thursday and still didn't know what was going on and I you know had to you know delay the start of training to to pull in you know the captains and, and the coaching staff and tell them what's going to happen and it should have just been you know if that was going to be New Amsterdam's decision it should have just been their final decision that Thursday night or early on that Friday morning as opposed to you know that but that's neither here nor there that's again it's just it is what it is so uh, as far as our statement goes look this this is Chattanooga Football Club. This is not Club X, Y, and Z or Club A, B, and C. And, you know, in, in the words of some of our leadership, we've we've never been a club that has been, you know, really great at words or statements. We try to be a, a club that is good with our actions. And I think we've taken some good actions. I think we're going to take some more good actions here heading into the 2021 season to continue to try to help and address um, some of these issues that are continuing to come up in, in our society. And, um, you know, I think that it's, it's hard because everybody, you know, compares uh, one club to another, but that's what makes sports so great, in my opinion, is that, you know, look at the NFL and the Baltimore Ravens, their statement and what they did I felt was very, very appropriate for the city of Baltimore, which has been a city that's had, you know, a lot of issues, um, you know, in the past and, and, you know, unfortunately continues to. Their statement's going to be different than the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers' statement is going to be different than, you know, Chicago Bears. And Chattanooga FC statement's going to be different than the Cosmos, than Detroit, than Louisville City, than um, – you know, it's going to be different than New York Red Bulls. And it's just that's that's what makes these clubs and all these different leagues and all these different sports um, so so unique and so much fun because they, 
they have an identity and they have a culture and our identity and, and you know i haven't been here for it but the identity of this club is that we try to do things with actions and i think we have in the community and i've done a lot of good things is there more we can do are there certain parts of our community that we haven't done enough in for sure and those are some of the things that we've addressed and some of the things that we're going to continue to address but when you compare a statement to another club statement i just don't i i mean you know my wife told me a long time ago uh you know quit keeping score because life is is not a balance sheet and if you want to count that you did the dishes this night and i did them the other night then this isn't going to last very long and i'm happy to say we're married 20 years later and you, you gotta sometimes you gotta quit comparing and you have to you know look at the, the culture of the club that's been built and developed and it's fine that people challenge us and it's fine that people aren't happy with us that's part of what makes a club in my opinion stronger and better and there are some things that um you know that, that we're going to to work on and address and some of them are some some exciting movements but you know some of these things take time and but i think this club is going to be one that's always going to try to make sure when we do some of these things that they're real and they're authentic and we're not going to live and, and die by statements we're going to live and die by our actions fair enough thanks Th thanks for that I think Jim and I can definitely uh, agree to the short notice you guys were given. Uh, that Thursday night before the New Amsterdam game, we had actually interviewed or were interviewing uh, Max Mansfield, the uh, uh, interim sporting director. And, you know, he made absolutely no mention. I mean, this is Thursday evening, and he said they were leaving out the next morning to come to uh, come down. And like I said, he made no mention of uh, any sort of hesitation to do so. So uh, we were – we were pretty shocked to hear it the next day that, that they weren't coming down. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was, uh, just unique, you know, scenarios. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, every, every club and, and every league kind of handled things differently. And some of them handled it really well. And some of them handled it really, really poorly. And, uh, but I think the big thing is that we all learned a few things. And, and again, if we all can, if we all can, you know, really, stand by what we said and and work on some things that we said and i think we can continue to make some progress and um i, w I was very very proud of the players and 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 how they handled it and i was i was proud of our you know our fans and and our supporters as well i mean not not an easy thing for some people to go through other you know some people are comfortable having you know some of those conversations but we we'll, we'll be a better a better club and hopefully a better community because of, you know, some some of these challenges that we've had that we had to go through. So so after that we got back on the field. We already talked about that Cosmos match and that was a, a great finish. We we move into the fall tournament and, um, you know, I you know I think I was I was asked a question uh, on another podcast about, you know, what did I think made the tournament such a success and. You know, I thought it was the coming together of the clubs working very hard, and and the and I, and I really feel like Nisa needs uh, to to be given some kudos. You know, the, the the league itself takes a little bit of of flack on social media sometimes, and and I, I thought it was a real high point uh, for for the league. What what did you think about the tournament as a whole, and and uh, and, and our kind of performance in that tournament? Uh I thought the tournament was, was fantastic. Um, you know, it went through a couple of different, you know, scenarios and originally supposed to be at this site and, and that changed in this site. And, you know, Detroit City was able to, to prove to be 
a good host, and you got to give a, a, a lot of credit to the league office, and specifically Ron Gilmore and and Brian Malekian, and, and the work that they did to secure an unbelievable hotel where you know every team had their own floor, and every team had their own meeting room, and the hotel uh, allowed teams to, to cater in food, you know, because um, feeding teams in a hotel could be pretty expensive, and just everything that was done was very, very well done. Uh, by the league, so I think they do they do deserve credit there, and and the work that went on behind the scenes. I think the the intensity of the matches showed again. Go back to my earlier statement about the Michigan Stars beating us in that first game, is that you it showed the the quality. And going into that last day, how many teams were alive, and that that was fun and that was entertaining. Uh, so I, I think the the quality of the play dropped as the tournament went on because of wear and tear. But again, with the, the budgets at, at this level, we couldn't afford to be, you know, in, in Disney World for, you know, three and a half months or however long the MLS was down there. We could afford to be in Detroit for X amount of days. And while we were there, it was very professional, very first class. So I think the quality it went it went down, especially for us. I mean, the fact that we had that really tight turnaround. I know it sounds like it's whining and moaning, but give us an extra day of rest and, and see how we perform. Cause you saw in Oakland had a great game plan. I mean, they, they knew we were going to be under it a little bit and they came out and, and I was there. They, they pressed us and they didn't give us an, a minute to breathe the first 15 minutes. And before you know it, we're, you know, we're down 2-0 and you know, we're still waking up and Foles had pounds into the guys. Look, you need to be ready. You need to be ready. And they just, they just weren't. And that's, that's what happens. Um, but you saw at the end of the game where well, we were all over them and they were out of gas and they were done. So it was a, it was a reversal, right? So give us an extra day, we play that game over again, but that's not how sports work. Um, and then, you know, I just think it was just a, a war of attrition and uh, as it went on. But it was entertaining. The broadcast was great. That was huge. Being on a, on a platform like BN Extra, which I didn't even know exist. I didn't even know. I thought you had to pay for Pluto TV. And I'm, you know, I don't have any. We other than other than Netflix, we don't have anything right now. So we, you know, and all of a sudden I discovered Pluto TV, and now I'm watching, you know, reruns of Ray Hudson screaming and yeah. being extra and all these other channels. So it was awesome. And yeah. but the quality of that I think helped a ton too. And um, you know, Keyworth is a great facility, even when it's empty. Uh, just the just the feeling you get when you walk in there is cool. So I thought it was a great a great tournament and a really good step forward for the league. And you're right. The league takes a lot of crap and online and, but you know, everything does Gary Bettman in the NHL gets food at every, you know, Stanley <laughs> yeah. cup ceremony. Right. They're, one of my favorite, one of my favorite hashtags on Twitter is USL typos. I mean, that's unbelievable. Um, some of the mistakes that happen there. So it's, it's just, it's the world that we live in, but uh, the, the league deserves some credit. I, I, I fully agree. Looking back over the entirety of of the year, uh, give me your give me your high point and give me your low point. Um, the low point was walking into Finley uh, before the Michigan Stars game in March and telling them that we were um, we were shutting down and things are postponed. And the reason that was a low point is because you know first pro pro game at home, et cetera, et cetera. I thought we had a good group of guys. I thought we learned a lot in that Oakland game, and I thought we were going to really have a, a good, fun uh, spring season, but also because I didn't know 
when I told them that we were shutting down, I had no idea if that was going to be forever for a few weeks or what. So you, I don't like, you know, getting in front of a group of guys, whether it's the front office staff or anybody and not having the exact answer. Um, the high point, it would be hard to, to argue. It, it wasn't Clayton Adams goal going in. I think it would, I think it would probably, probably be that from just a fear, a pure, um, excitement standpoint that was uh, that was a pretty cool moment because for me the cosmos i you know i saw Pele play and i saw them play against the chicago sting back in the nfl so you know that that's a brand that's in a club that come back many times and so for me that was that would probably be it is there something that happened this year that maybe uh well obviously i'm gonna ask something we don't know that happened that maybe uh i don't know Maybe if this uh, critical phone call hadn't been made, the whole season wouldn't have happened, or just any kind of like a story like that. Well, which one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so it was multiple, multiple times, multiple phone calls. The, the season about went through. Oh man, I mean, um, I mean, there was a, yeah, there was a ton, and I don't, yeah, not one in particular, but. Uh, you know, the, just the number of, you know, conference calls and Zoom calls where you're like, can we do this? Can we do this? What should it look like? Can we pull it off? Should we, you know, if we do this tournament, you know, how can we make it work? Um, from a club standpoint, you know, uh, we thought we were going to be able to have fans for the Independent Cup final at Finland. We really did. Finley was ready. Hamilton County was ready. We were ready. And the city said no. And so I was like, okay, well, does that mean we're going to have no fans the rest of the fall? Because that's going to shift some things from a, from a revenue standpoint. How are we going to make that work? Um, I, so it was just, there were so many little, you know, little moments. And, you know, every time, you know, an email would come through, you kind of look at it with one eye closed. I hope it didn't deliver more bad news. But, you know, at the, at the end of it, it's the people um, that you work with and the people that you work for and the people that are, you know, supportive of this club that, that, you, that really carry you through. And, you know, from people that donated their season passes to us with the hashtag no refund to those that said, you know what? Give so, well, are you, we're going to, we're going to, we, ha we had some things. What you have, oh, Todd, you got go something? Ahead. I'm just going to say we had some things to talk about in terms of the schedule and all kinds of stuff. We're, we we'll probably get you on. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a reprieve, uh, Jeremy. We we won't <laughs> we won't we we won't go there uh, this 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 time because we do have a couple of things that have just come out around Nisa. I know that we're getting a little long, and I don't want to keep you uh, too long tonight. Um, some things that came up, and I know Todd. Todd had talked to you on on uh, or I think tweeted or not tweeted because you don't have a Twitter account. We need to get he you. He does. A we just have no idea who he is. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna figure out who what your burner account is. I know you say you don't have one, but I don't believe you. So, uh, I think Todd talked to you about the the D two announcement. Oh, Todd, do you want to talk about that? Well, just for for our listeners who who may not know, um, a uh, podcast first team podcast. Give them credit. Uh, interviewed John Prucha, Nisa commissioner, recently. And he stated that NISA would be ready to apply for uh, a D2 status in the next two years. I didn't know if you could kind of touch on that at all or if that's just – if that's something you guys haven't even talked about and that's him talking or just his opinion. Uh, all of the above. I mean, there's not much to say. I mean, I think 
you know, ideally, I think it goes back to the beginning when this league was written on the back of a napkin, as Peter Will said, you know, on an airplane with him and uh, him and Jack. I think it's always been a concept that, you know, uh, pro-rel and the ability to move up and down is uh, is something this league wants to do. And, you know, movement within, a, you know, a Division three league from, you know, one to two or something, okay, that's a version of it. Um, but I think they've always, you know, looked at how could this fit into an overall, you know, pro-rel piece. And so I think that's where the, the you know, the bulk of that comment is. I mean, there's a, there would be a, a ton that would have to do. And for me, I'm just, I'm more of a, you know, let's connect the simple passes in the midfield and try not to worry on the flicks and the back heels and all that stuff. Let's just take care of some basic things, which I think we are. And then as we do that, then I think those are other conversations. So could it be something that they want to look at and pursue? Yeah, perhaps. And it's been mentioned and there's been some things, but, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I don't know that that, needs to be the daily focus, but, you know, we'll hear more in that interview and maybe, you know, there's some things that will be shared that, oh, okay, makes sense. Um, but, um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's just because of the way our leagues are set up here with the sanctioning and everything, it's, I think it's something that you always have to take a, a look at and see, um, you know, how can some things fit together and, you know, perhaps that's a, you know, a way for some things to fit together. We'll, we'll find out. So just one one little bit of looking forward to the spring. You know, you you mentioned earlier in this conversation, and you also mentioned it in a previous conversation that you felt like the impact of COVID will cause casualties. I believe you say you know that you know when you you were referencing a conversation that you had with some other some other folks from from lower leagues in different sports, and I believe you had mentioned that somebody said, "Hey, listen, we're not all going to get out of this," and I, and you didn't mention what league it was, and it's not really. It's not really relevant. I'm, I'm really wondering. Also, there was a story out of Detroit where Sean Mann told this publication that if if we, if they can't have fans in the stands going forward in the spring, um, then they may take some time off. Uh, there were some rumors circulating about championship and League One combining. You know that there were rumors about that in the spring uh, in the in the fall as well. Um, what what do you what are you most concerned about? And I know this is a really big question, but what um, you know what what are you most concerned about going forward? And and what are the plans? I guess some of the contingency plans of the club, um, you know, if if things don't get significantly better. Um, there's like six questions within one question. There, um, <laughs> I don't I don't want to speak for Sean, but I mean. Uh, you know, grandstanding or um, posturing is always part of of sports, right? So uh, I'm not saying they would or wouldn't. That's their business. But the reality is that if you can't have fans in, in the stadium, this is a very difficult business. You know, as it's been reported, right, there's no you – know, Chicago Cubs laid off 100 people last week. I mean, that's Major League Baseball with million, billion-dollar contracts. And this is hard. This is really hard. So I, I do think that we're going to continue to see whether it's the, you know, hockey leagues where some teams are taking the year off. Um, you know, maybe leagues are going to have a later start date. That's, you know, been something we've talked about as the league. I know uh, other leagues have talked about it as well, all the way up to MLS and, you know, hockey and HL and 
you know, they keep pushing back their data. I think those are the realities that you have to have game day revenues to make this thing work. We're one of the few clubs in our league, if not the only club in our league, that's able to have some game day revenues um, here in 2020. So I think it's going to continue to be this haze that kind of sits over us for the next couple of months. I think we're all going to be looking to see how this thing continues to be handled, what communities learn how to deal with it, you know, um, what ones don't. And then we're just going to have to live in in limbo, which is not something I enjoy. (laughs) And I don't think many people do, but when you're trying to plan, when's preseason start? What's our housing going to look like? When do we need to get the physicals sorted out? When are the invite trials? What about, you know, telling our corporate partners we're going to have, you know, when the first game is? And you can't do any of that. So you have to kind of take it day by day with an eye towards the future. But, um, you know, I think the club will be prepared. We'll we'll find a way to continue to to navigate. I think this league will be prepared and find a way to to navigate through it. Um, But you hear, you know, you hear something different every day in terms of what, you know, it may look like for some sports teams. And I just think it's going to continue to be, you know, just a a hodgepodge of, of ways to get through it. And I will say, I don't know if that is necessarily a bad thing um, for Chattanooga FC and NISA. I think we have to find ways to think outside the box and be creative. And I think this gives us a little bit of that opportunity where we may have to have a season that looks a, a little different. And look, you got to give USL <clears throat> championship at least credit for their little, you know, playing each other twice home on a way. They found a way to make it work and it worked out and we found a way to make it work for us and it worked out so i think it's going to continue to and it's going to continue to look like that for a while and i think everybody understands it and because of that we'll be flexible and i think it does give this league some opportunity to do some maybe some different things uh until this thing is dealt with and gone and then that's that's not necessarily a bad thing in my opinion speaking of uh of usl uh Everybody in the Chattanooga family knows that you came from St. Louis FC, and I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about that. As as we know, they uh, uh, played their last game, I think it was earlier this month, uh, and I'm sure that uh, had to be somewhat emotional for you. But I just kind of want to give you a chance to kind of reflect on that and uh, and what that what that meant to you. Yeah, and I, I probably want to you know thank you for sending me that text when that all got announced because I mean that I mean that you. <laughs> you realize that that was a, you know, a tough 24 hours. And I think for, you know, the, the tough thing is that if you are, if you're not on the inside, or if you're not really part of something, you know, sometimes when you look on the outside, you're like, Oh, I can't believe this is happening or that's happening. And, you know, that happens every day in, in the world. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, they just didn't understand the complexities, you know, oh, I can't believe that the, Lugans won't start their own club. Well, you realize that they've seen three clubs fold, um, and that they've uh, that there's a UPSL team there that they support. You know, two WPSL teams that they support. Um, obviously, the most of their attention went to St. Louis FC, um, but when, when there was nothing there, they went out and supported PDL team that you know played their games at four o'clock in the afternoon, and they really didn't want them there, but they went supported because they felt that the game needed. The game needs supporters, you know, and so you see people, oh, start your own club, start an ESA club. And it's like, well, you don't get it that, you know, uh, that they're, you know, they're St. Louis based. And, and again, it goes back to my thing. Every city is different. And I think 
you know, uh, it's just it's difficult for people to fully understand because you haven't quote unquote been on the inside, and um, it's just weird. And so that that's the first thing I feel like I have to say because I think those guys, you know, they they continue and do take a lot of beef, and look, some of it's probably deserved. Um, but it's just you're not in there. You don't know how complex, you know, that whole thing uh, is in terms of it. And um, but and a lot of those guys are, you know, have become good friends. As a lot of our supporters here have become good friends. So that's my first uh, sermon, so to speak. The other thing is just, you know, uh, how, you know, we set a goal there with that club to put St. Louis back on the map, and that was one that we talked about in every staff meeting. We read our mission statement and we talked about our purpose. We wanted to create a real and authentic soccer experience that wasn't gimmicky, that wasn't, you know, fake. And um, and, and we did that. And we want to put St. Louis back on the map because we had been left out. Chattanooga, Chattanooga, Tennessee had more of a soccer culture uh, from, you know, 2009 through, you know, through today than St. Louis had for a number of years prior to St. Louis FC. And it was the one-time soccer capital of the U.S., blah, 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 whatever. I'm not from there, so I never got hung up in that. But we set a goal to, you know, make that make soccer important again there. And we did that. And, um, and so you got to take a lot of pride in that. How it all went down, the decisions that maybe people thought were going to happen didn't happen. You know, that's, it's, um, you know, that's just the way things go. And, but it was tough because there's a lot of good people, too, that, you know, are out of jobs. Uh, from players, uh, you know, to the coaching staff, to the front office, and a lot of really good people that did a lot of a good things. And you know, we operated there very similar to how we do here, very small staff that did a lot of crossover. But um, it was a tough week um, you know, when all that happened just because, you know, it just you kind of always thought it may, but you just never were sure. But, um, you know, the game will move on there in a different way, you know, whether you, you, you like it or not. It's it'll be different and um you know i just think it's uh it's just one of those scenarios and you know it is you know i hate to say it but it kind of is it is what it is and you just hope that the, the good things that were developed there and the culture that was developed will stay on and um you know time will tell if that's if it's time will tell if the next iteration is going to be a real and authentic experience or if it will be fake and i hope it's not well, Jeremy, is there anything that anything left that uh, that you feel like you'd like to talk about or say from the club standpoint about uh, you know what we've been through 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 the summer and in the fall uh, for uh, CFC? Just thank you. I mean, I said in my match day letter, just thank you to to the fans and supporters. You know, we we do not get through uh, 2020. And I guess we're not there yet, so we probably should be careful. We got two months. Don't ago. tempt it. But I know, I know. Gosh, what am I doing? Um, no, just thank you. Everything that I thought this club was, it's been more. Um, and, and I and I was so excited to come here and so excited to be a part of it. And then you get smacked with this in the face. But all it's done is just kind of you know reaffirm to me that the people here are unbelievable. The community here is unbelievable. This club is. Um, got so much going on and, and just really, you know, just a, a big thank you because, you know, the, it could have gone a lot of different ways, but uh, blown away by the support, you know, the front office, all the extra stuff that they did to, to, to tweak and change things and our fans to readjust and, 
you know, as well. But I mean, I just, I, I, honestly, I know it's corny, but just a big thank you. It's, um, it's not taken lightly by myself, uh, by my family and by everyone here at the club players, especially the players. And, um, I just, uh, look forward to, you know, continue to, to, to push things forward as a, as a group. And well, the schedule, I don't have the schedule yet, so I know you probably wanted that one, but, um, you know, it's not even November 1st, at least you know, give us a day or two and then we'll see what we can, see what we can do. Okay. One, one more thing. Uh, give me your uh, CFC player of the year. Oh man. Yeah, I was not ready for that one. Yeah. Just a quick, <laughs> gosh, Todd, just, just, a, Hey, just a quick, give me your player oh. of the year. I'm going to tell you this. I, Juan Hernandez. And I would not have said that six months ago. He grew as a leader. Um, he grew a, and he, and, and, you know, he wears a captain band, but he, he's grown as a leader. And I think he, he's grown as a pro. He views the game a little bit, in my opinion, he views the game differently now than he did last year when I saw him play in the Members Cup. He views it like a pro. He's a little bit more pragmatic. He's adjusted his game. He's played in a different role than probably um, he's ever played in. And he stepped up off the field in, in, in some moments. And I think he, he, he really matured as a player. And for an older player, that's not something that you would necessarily say. And I could easily pick three or four other guys, but I would go with him. And I, and I would not have said that, um, you know, six months ago that I thought he would have been. But um, I think he's really, he really grew as a player, as, as a pro in his first season. And, you know, that was, I'm, I'm proud of, uh, of the year that he had both on and off the field. He got married. And I know he's popular. I know, yeah, yeah, hello. Um, you know, I know he's a popular player. He's been here forever. But I, and I'm not choosing – I wouldn't choose him for, for that because of those reasons. I'm choosing it for the growth that I saw him take on as a pro. You go back and watch him play in the Michigan Stars game and then watch him play the rest of the game. He, he, he changed. He was different. And, um, yeah. Very good. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, I think you know. I, I think uh, you know. I, we we just we just said goodbye to a, a longstanding player who I think adjusted his game to the uh, to the pro game better than I may have thought he would have. I'll uh, second and, that. And so you know, saying goodbye to Zeka, I you know I was actually probably a little more disappointed to say goodbye to him because I thought, no, no, you're 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 developing into a pro player we could use. Don't go now. Um, and uh, yeah, he played some of his best ball for sure. Yeah, at least at least I felt, especially considering the competition level of competition. And so it's interesting to hear you say that about Juan. You know, the two players that have uh, you know kind of carry the legacy of the of the first iteration of CFC into you know into the pro game. Um, you know, it's 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 great to hear you say that. So Jeremy, thanks so much. We've kept you you know through tech you know. You know, get a little some technology glitches on my side again. I apologize for making you wait for us a little bit. Uh, you're always gracious to come and come on and talk to us and and and, and tell us kind of what's going on in the club and and what's going on uh, with the team. So we really appreciate you. Uh, you know, as we kind of move to the end of of this the year, you know, it, it's been an honor to to get to know you and to have you as a part 
uh, of our club. I'm just speaking for myself, but I think I probably could speak for Todd. He can speak for himself if he if he wants to. But you know, from from where I sit, you know, the the club has gone through, you know, a, a really a really challenging year. That's a, probably an understatement. And and to have you as a part of it, to have you as one of the kind of the the steer the steer of the ship, one of the leaders of the group. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm proud to say I'm a CFC fan. Yeah, I'll second that. Uh, it's been uh, it's been nice also uh, for you always to be available to answer questions, whether that be through text uh, or uh, me inquiring about can I get some uh, can I get some tickets. You're always responsive, and I appreciate. It. And I encourage all CFC fans uh, to if if you see Jeremy out on game day or out in town, uh, uh, stop him in and and talk to him with a mask on, of course, and uh, and tell him and tell him uh, how much you appreciate him and and what the club means to you because uh, I can assure you think things like that and comments like that go a long way. I appreciate it, and uh, likewise all the. All the support you guys give is this is uh, this is huge. It's a huge outlet. It's a great avenue, and um, you know it's. Uh, and Peter and I were just talking about that today in the office. It's a it's a big part of what makes Chattanooga have a, have a real soccer culture. Is you know people care, and whether that's traditional media, podcast, um, people just reaching out when you're at the grocery store and they see your mask on, ask questions. Um, it's a this is a, a soccer community, and really really happy to be a part of it. So. Enjoy the rest of the evening, and um, you know we will talk soon. Yeah, th- thanks so much, and ha- have a great rest of your night. Take care, Jeremy. All right, and a big thanks once again to Jeremy Allenbaugh, who is always so gracious with his time to tolerate our ridiculousness. Um, man, I can't believe he keeps coming back on our podcast over and over again. He knows he knows what to expect. I mean, he's you know I li- I went back and listened to all of the all of our conversations with him just to kind of get a, a feel for what we had already talked about. I mean, this is like the fourth time. I don't know what, I don't know what is he, I, you know, he's got a glutton for, he's a glutton for punishment, I suppose. Well, he, he and once again, he extended a, another interview when uh, the season's coming up or sometime over the winter. And, and we, we, uh, we still got a lot to talk about with oh, him. Oh, a like, lot to talk about. Oh, let's get to it first and foremost, right? When's that schedule coming out? Yeah, the schedule, we got the schedule coming out. The, you know, players, you and I just, we did this off, Mike, we're not going to do this. We kind of went through the roster and talked about potential moves and players and where we, yeah, where we need help at and that sort of thing. Yeah, and we talked about at the beginning of the season how we started out with with how many how many uh, in defense did we have? We had four defenders. Now remind me how many is four? Four defenders. Four, right. Yeah. Four. Well, but that also you know that we had some guys. You know, McKin- uh, McKinley played. Uh, you know, um, Marcano was a wing back, and he's listed as a, as a striker. So yeah, we had you know we had more than four defenders, but we're still we're still thin on <laughs> defenders. I would really, 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 really like some fullbacks. Well, and what we saw this year is it, it is it turns out into a, a war of attrition on on a lot of levels. You're you're looking at these these players, and sometimes there's short turnaround and. Uh, I mean, man, we we miss, we were missing a lot of players. We had a lot of players miss a lot of game time this year. And you just look around and just, you know, we we never even got to see Santiago Delo take the field, uh, if, unless I, I missed it at some point. Uh, maybe in a uh, in one of the independent no, cup matches, but I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, and then so neither was like Soren. Caleb Jackson missed substantial amount of time after yeah, his injury. Yeah, because he got injury. hurt in the Stars match. Yeah. Didn't he? So I mean, we yeah. had players that were, and then uh, I, we both know that uh, Bement he struggled with a with a knock on his knee. I think. Yep. Kept him out a couple of games. Yeah, he was in crutches in the last uh, during the Bobcats game. Yeah, and then at the end of the Bobcats game, we had another player get on crutches. So 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So we've got we've got there's a lot to a lot to do between now and whenever the spring season starts. You know, I've heard some people talk about May for USL. Somebody else mentioned on Twitter today that they that they had heard an April start for NISA, but it's so early. We don't who knows. Yeah, and, and so much of it depends on like what what transpires over that period of time. Do we have a vaccine by then? Do we not? Is there some sort of breakthrough? Uh, I mean, we we don't know. Uh, is Remind me again. Do we have a vaccine for the first SARS virus? <laughs> I'm just saying when everybody brings up the vaccine, I'm like, we don't have one for the first SARS virus. Why do you, you know, why why do you think we're going to have one so quickly for this? I don't know, but we better. We better really? get one and quickly. Because yeah. I think we've already proven that uh, we're not exactly adhering to the distance, no. mass. And we're not, you know, actually right now in, in Studio B, you and I are, we're maybe, maybe four feet. Four, but we have a microphone in front yeah, of us. Yeah, we house. do, yeah. And we're not spitting on each and other. And I may so. febrile. So, what? I may febrile. Oh. That means no fever. No fever, yeah, I, I got, yeah, I know, I know like three medical terms. And that's one of them. That, stat. And <laughs> stat, <laughs> <laughs> code blue. I know those are the three things. No, that's that's a key one to know. Let me tell you. Yeah, so uh, it, it's going to be interesting going forward. And uh, you know, coming up on a podcast, I know there's uh, it's it's a long off season, right? And uh, but we're going to get some people on the podcast, probably revisit with some people from the past, uh, uh, maybe do some uh, collaborations and that sort of thing. But. We're going to be uh, brainstorming on uh, on this side of the mic, so um, I don't know. You got anything to share? I don't. I don't really have anything to share. So, uh, you know, maybe get some folks from the league. Maybe get to talk to some. Finally, get to talk to some academy folks. Yeah. Um, I would like to spend a little bit of time talking about, and you know, I didn't. We didn't broach this subject. It was on my list, but you know, we were getting long, and you know, like the women's team. You know, what's going on there? So, yep. you know, I have an idea to maybe find some of our former players to see if they could come on and talk a little bit about the about the women's team. So Don't forget, there was supposed that. to be a women's team announcement this summer. At, yeah, I know. Oh, and remember this? We were supposed to play Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg. Everybody remember that? Yeah. Like, yeah. there was some major things that just never transpired this summer yeah. that, I mean, you just think could have just been almost transformative uh, in, in nature and yeah whenever they talk about uh, whenever you, whenever anybody with the club talks about that Wolfsburg game there apparently there was just a lot of stuff planned for that day uh, as well there should week. have been yeah so we'll just have to see um so right now we don't have any games left we're just kind of in a holding pattern league one's <laughs> final was canceled yeah did you see that? Yes, I did. And they just awarded the uh, championship to Greenville, Greenville based on uh, points per game. You know, I remember when that we used similar. to. I've seemed like I've heard that. that, that, uh, are, that yeah, I remember we, we complained about it when NPSL would do, would would do that. So, I, yeah, whatever. Um, so yeah, and I guess the 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 the, pl- the final for championship is happening. I don't remember who's in who's playing, but um, I won't be watching. So, and I didn't get to talk about. Uh, we, we've got. I think we'll probably have some announcements. You know, league announcements like BN Sport. I'm out. Hopefully, we'll get an announcement there. Absolutely. And so we'll see. Um, and there was the, I guess, the D2 announcement that that uh, John talked to, that John Frusciante talked to John Prutch. I have to go back to listen to that. I don't know what John Prutch is 
talking about we're not doing D2 in two years. I, I don't – well, I mean, you think about, like, teams it automatically eliminates just based on the existing PLS. Like, Chattanooga can't be a League 2 because I think it requires a metro population of greater than a million people. Well, no, it's – the or certain maybe percentage seven, maybe has to be of a certain percentage, and it, right. it brings in. It also brings in D two brings in the time zone stuff. It does that you don't have in D three, which, which I kind of I, I was reading. I was revisiting the PLS today, and also remember it takes the uh, principal owners' uh, net worth from fifteen to forty million. But it also reminded me the uh, time zone thing. It leaves out so you have to be in the eastern, the central, central and, and the Pacific. Pacific. Yeah, they don't care about the mountain time zone what no mountain time zone no they don't care about the mountain time zone i mean that's the mountain west is one of the most exciting football conferences there are it is man we can get over it high scoring no defense oh, this is a big eye roll right now yeah, you guys just, aren't getting uh, it yeah I don't. the alabama's coming out on the <laughs> other side of the desk here that's so right. that's all right well all right todd uh we've christian we've christened Studio B, what do you think? It's awesome. I love it. You, I yeah. mean, uh, you just gotta. It's just got such a uh, like a, a cozy feel. So we've to got it. scarves here for sound sound absorption. Right. So we're gonna yeah. we're gonna we'll have uh, maybe some stuff up on the walls, some some other stuff, some posters. There's lots of room for more flair in here. Is what I'm. The problem I'm is there's just not a lot of room here for people. So you know, like you and I think two people, this works. But if we well, had a third, well, if we had a third person, a, we'd have to move the guitar and. Well, three people in a non-pandemic environment, it would be okay. Maybe, it's a little tight, even for even that. So if I could just get rid of one of my kids, I would have one of their rooms, as uh, you know, as the studio. So well, we're we're rambling. It's okay. So Todd, it's our, it's uh, our trademark. Yeah. So we may take a little bit of a break. I don't know if we'll have one next week. Uh, we uh, we've got some thoughts about it about a show next week and we'll see if we can find somebody so if we do we'll see you then if not we'll see you soon go cfc thank you cfc and go blues Oh, Mr. Oliveira with a cheeky goal.